Hey everybody, I'm Connor, that's Doug, and welcome to Hat Chat, a podcast that explores all the pomp and whimsy of our favorite decorative head coverings. In this episode, we'll explore the troubling history of the pork pie hat, celebrate the flamboyant grandeur of the deerstalker, and test the strength of a few industrial hard hats. After that, we'll rank the most famous hats worn by great leaders throughout our history, from the Pope's miter hat to Abraham Lincoln's stovepipe hat, all the way to Fred Durst's backwards red baseball cap. We'll finish strong with an expose on the dunce Connor, Connor, this is a spectacular time to talk about hats. The King's Coronation is this weekend, and everybody will be peacocking in their fascinators. But this is not that podcast. This is the Fascinating Bethel School District presents a podcast about the Bethel School District. And speaking of coronations, last year Hans Nelson was inaugurated as Cedar Crest Middle School principal, and he recently presented to the school board about the great things going on at his school. One thing his team's been working on is how well do they understand and respond to the community that they serve. To make sure that we are honoring the value set within the community we serve and really just taking care of kids and families. We noticed that Cedar Crest really is a hub for a lot of our our small community and our small area. And so we want to do, do right by that. That's a great goal to have, but what does it look like in practice? Well, there's a lot of equity work being done right now, which involves social emotional learning and some PLC work that teachers are doing at the school. Zach Womack is assistant principal at the school, and he says they're working on developing a deeper understanding of how their marginalized populations experience and interact at Cedarcrest. We wanted to start off dealing with one of our population that we felt is not being represented appropriately, and that was our LGBTQIA. But once we talked about that, we were able to get some more information, and the staff wanted to chew on more until many of our staff had an open feedback about, well, this is great and it's awesome. Let's talk about race also. We are so proud of our staff, just the growth that we had this year. Of course, with equity, with anything, we have a lot of work to do. But to lay that foundation and making sure our staff is on board uh, is monumental. It's really cool the staff's getting involved here. Do we know what the kids think of all this? Well, Principal Nelson said they're listening to students and using that student voice to help shape the culture and climate at the school. Lately, he's been working with their student leadership team. Sometimes we hear things about Cedarcrest that doesn't match what we experience when we're in the building. And so our kids say it and they describe it as this negative stigma. And so one of the activities we did with our leadership kids, I went in and we, we had a conversation. I said, I want you to tell me what are the things you're hearing? What kind of things did the students list? Do we know that? We do. And it's a really good question. Actually, the words they chose pointed out some problematic areas. Principal Nelson is working with the students to find solutions, but also to put a positive spin on some of those negative perceptions. Well, you're the leaders in this building. You're going to drive the narrative, the stories that people tell about Cedar Crest. And it is on you to find a way to make that positive language. So we took loud and we said, well, maybe like I would have some feelings about being called loud, but I wouldn't have feelings about being called expressive or if someone told me that I speak my mind. And so we started shifting our language to say, well, we're not loud. We just speak our mind. And I would have some feelings about being called fake, but not if someone told me, well, they're grappling with their identity, which really does capture a lot of our kids and the work that they're doing here. Earlier, you mentioned the work the teachers are doing. Did you get a chance to talk to any of them? Judy Truitt is a sixth grade math teacher at Cedar Crest. This is her 17th year as a teacher. And she said the PLC work she's involved in has her energized. Now we're at that piece where we're fixing and changing and growing within our math team, but that that excitement is coming out in other contents and other teams. And so you're really seeing that cross-curriculum piece. And it's been fun for me just because I, I, I picked this since I was eight. And so when I get to see something that's working, 
and then know I can do the little pieces. It just, it gets my heart rate going and gets the smiles going and stuff. So I just, it's been like a really big honor to be able to go through and say, Hey, I got something that works for me now to see it working for even some of my biggest struggling kids has been really huge. We love to hear that. So it sounds like teachers, admins, and students are all involved. What about the parents? That was something I really loved hearing about. Here's Principal Nelson again. We opened this year, Mr. Womack and I, meeting with a, a handful of families with students who had really struggled with school. Um, we had heard from either Cedarcrest or from their previous elementary school they'd struggled. We pulled families in for meetings. And we opened each one of those meetings by asking families, you know, what's your dream? What's, what's your dream for your child's educational experience? And we had families in tears. We had parents in tears because no one had ever asked them, like, what, what do you want for your kid's education? And so from those conversations, we took that experience and said, well, what if we asked this on a broader level? And so for our last conferences, we created a dream box that parents could write their dreams for their kids' education and collected them. And we're um, working on analyzing that data. We're going to be presenting it to the staff and we're going to try and figure out a way to make that a regular part of what we do. Definitely great work happening over at Cedarcrest. Well, next week's Teacher Appreciation Week and the same board meeting Cedarcrest presented at, the school board passed a resolution recognizing the hard work those educators do day in and day out. Assistant Superintendent Dr. Brian Lowney read the resolution, but also expounded upon what the Cedarcrest team was doing that was so brave and unique. They opened up their practice to all of the other middle school principals and math department chairs last week to observe classroom lessons and then observe them debriefing how those went, good, bad, and ugly. And they focus on student interactions and what the students are saying. So again, it would be like in the medical field, focusing on what the patients are saying, what the patient care is, not what the doctor moves are, but what the outcomes are. So in the spirit of appreciation, really appreciate the work you're doing at Cedarcrest. We are truly privileged to have a staff of teachers who are committed to the future of our kids, providing quality learning environments for students and our community. And next week, we'll be hearing about some of our staff's favorite teachers. But first, we need to shift our appreciation to another great group of folks in our district. Yes, we do. Yesterday was School Lunch Hero Day. And joining us in the studio is Pam Christman, serving cook at Kapowson Elementary. Pam, you've been a serving cook here in Bethel for 18 years. That's impressive. Throughout all that time, What's been the best part of your job? The smiles of all the little kids. I just love it that whenever I play my music in the kitchen and they laugh and they dance with me. So School Lunch Hero Day is a day set aside every year to recognize the men and women who work so hard to feed our students. I know you always have some fun stuff going on in School Lunch Hero Day. I've seen you in a full superhero outfit, including a cape. What else have you done over the years to celebrate the day? Oh my goodness, I've decorated the kitchen so much and I've handed out beautiful little things to the children um, as I'm decorated as a, as a superhero for the day. And it's just fun. And, and I've, I've actually been to a few of those events and the students, it's unbelievable. Uh, they kind of surround you and they're almost like chanting. What, what's it feel like on those days when the kids are really treating you that special? Overwhelming, total overwhelmness of love and kindness of the children, the patients that they have because they have to wait their turn to get their little prize. This year at Kapowson Elementary, I'll probably just be giving out some baseball cards as normal. My kids here, they love the baseball cards. Our school child nutrition workers are a lot of times unsung heroes. You're kind of behind the scenes a lot, 
but obviously incredibly important to the whole ecosystem of our school district. You got to keep the kids fed. They're not going to learn on an empty stomach. What are a few of the things that people maybe don't realize about this job because you are behind the scenes a little bit? I think it's the pressure that's put on us to supply a healthy, hot meal to the children. It's not always easy to do it with a smiling face, but we have to do it with a smiling face. Certain things that they really enjoy eating, we get a lot of mozzarella sticks, chicken nuggets, cheeseburgers. They love that kind of thing. Trying to teach them different aspects of the food. Soft shell tacos with the lettuce put on the taco. A lot of the kids don't want the lettuce on the taco. This is a new thing for their little palates. They've got to learn different aspects of eating and just carrying on through their day. Over the 18 years you've been here, I imagine tastes kind of change. Has there been a, a constant? If you had to say historically, what's the number one meal that when it's that day, the kids are just excited? Is it pizza? Is it burgers? What What's the one thing that hasn't changed over those 18 years that they just love every year? Pizza. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza's a constant. Everyone loves pizza. And on the flip side of that, what's the one where you know you're going to get a couple groans when they come in? Spaghetti, chili, rice. They don't care for the rice. I, I think they'd like the rice, but I don't know. I guess compared to the pizza, everything's a, a few levels down. It is, it is. And, and the rice is kind of, um, it's either dry or it's sticky. We just can't quite get it right, but we're working on it very hard. The constant evolution. I imagine it takes a lot of people pulling in the same direction in order to make kitchens run smoothly. I mean, you're feeding a lot of kids in a short amount of time each and every day. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of teamwork in your job? If you can't work together with your administration and your teachers and your custodian, you're really going to have a tough time at it. And I think that everybody has to give a little bit in their job to make it one day of good service for the children. I absolutely love my staff here at Kapowski Elementary. I didn't think I was going to find another home after Shining Mountain being there for 10 years. But coming here to Kapowson, it's just totally opened up my eyes to where it doesn't matter what school you're at. Because if you make it nice and fun in this, wherever you are, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And we, we should note that this is your last year that you are going to be retiring at the end of the year. So I want to say congratulations and thank you so much for putting so many smiles on so many faces over the year. And thank you so much for joining us. Why, thank you very much for interviewing me. This is quite the surprise. And I want to say that I will miss each and every child in our district that I have dealt with. And it makes me feel very old whenever a child comes up to me like yesterday and says, do you know so-and-so? Yes, I do. That's my grandma. And I, oh my goodness, who's your daddy? Okay, I was your dad's coach when he was your age. You know you made it when you're getting generations of students coming through. It's pretty scary sometimes because then you know that it's, you're old. <laughs> it's time to retire. Well, happy retirement. We hope you enjoy it and thank you again. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it for our show today. Connor, you started things off talking about hats. Did you learn any weird facts as you were doing your research? I did indeed. Did you know that Queen Elizabeth I had a rule that anyone over the age of seven had to wear a cap on Sundays? 
that's interesting. I always thought that was Queen Elizabeth III that had that rule. Yeah, we all know there's only been two Queen Elizabeths. Did you not read my research memo? It was all covered in that. I didn't this weekend. I actually watched Ratatouille again. That movie rules. Speaking of chefs, did you know that a chef's hat has 100 folds to represent the 100 ways you can cook an egg? There are 100 ways to cook an egg? I don't know. I ain't mine raw. Okay, well, there's a visual for everybody out there in podcast land. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.